Are you a current or future physician assistant wanting to learn more about finances? Then join me on this journey to become a PA the FI way. Hi, my name is Kat and I'm a practicing certified physician assistant who will be your host. It took me five years after I started practicing medicine as a PA to thoroughly dive into my personal finances after I discovered the concept of financial independence. I want to use what I have learned to help you avoid some of the financial mistakes that I have made while sharing some of the financial wins that I have had along the way. Join me as we discuss financial strategies to guide you to becoming a physician assistant on the way to financial independence. Welcome back, everyone, to the PA the FI Way podcast. I'm your host, Kat, and thanks for joining me for today's show. Before we get started talking about the topic of today's episode, I wanted to share a celebration and an update about Jeff, who I hosted back in episode 66. And Jeff, if you recall, was a chiropractor before he went to PA school to become a PA. And he notified me that he just paid off his student loan. So a huge congrats to Jeff. That's super exciting. I'm hoping that he will be able to come back on the podcast and share some updates. So we'll see if we have him back on the show soon. And speaking of chiropractors, this week, my friend and colleague Kristen and I recently did a presentation for chiropractors locally here, and we were able to share about common anxiety and depression, symptoms that they might see in their patients and share about screening tools and potential referral sources as well. So it was a really interesting presentation and conversation that we were able to have. One of the coordinators for that event heard us speak during MAPA, which is our local state PA Society's conference earlier this year and had asked us to do this presentation. So I encourage you if you have some presentations that you're wanting to do to start doing them and you will often find that they open up doors to other opportunities as well. On today's episode, I wanted to talk about a common question that I see asked in different social media groups or in person when people find out that I currently work as an independent contractor. And these are many of the questions that I also have had transitioning from a W-2 role over to a 1099 role. And I want this episode to serve as sort of a guide as well. And we're going to review common business expenses for the self-employed PAs as well as other HCPs, such as physicians, nurse practitioners, perhaps chiropractors, therapists, OT, PT, etc., And a huge disclaimer right at the beginning of this episode that I want to share is please remember that I am not a tax professional. So it's really important that you find yourself a tax professional that is familiar with your state rules and regulations as well as your industry or profession rules as well. And they should really be giving you guidance. And if you have any questions or clarification, you should be running all of those by them so they can evaluate your exact tax situation and your exact business situation to decide what really could count as a business expense for you or what really wouldn't in your case. 
And first, we need to highlight what is a common phrase that the tax industry uses to determine if something can actually be a business expense. And there are two words that are used, ordinary and necessary. So is the business expense an ordinary business expense, meaning something that's pretty common in your profession? And is it necessary for your business? So self-employed healthcare professionals can be 1099 independent contractors, and many healthcare professionals have their 1099 role as their primary income role, their main job. But some of them have 1099 gigs on the side where they are moonlighting or picking up shifts that are casual, and those might be 1099 roles. So you need to clarify if you are a W-2 employee or if you are a 1099 independent contractor. And if you haven't done already yet, you can go back to listen to episode 99, where I review pros and cons of W-2 versus 1099 roles, as well as episode 102, where we discussed how to switch from a W-2 job to a 1099 job, and I had my colleague on that episode as well. But there are several other healthcare professionals out there that are also self-employed because they own a business or started their own clinic. So technically, as an independent contractor, I own my business. My business is me, but I'm contracting with a clinic in this role. So I don't own a clinic. But some healthcare professionals might own their own clinic or med spa or something like that, where they, as the business owner, own this business and organization, right? They're not contracting their services out. So the information in this episode can help both of those types of healthcare providers. And before we get into the list, I also want to emphasize that this is a pretty long and detailed list, but it is very likely not all-inclusive. And again, because I have not owned a physical practice or clinic location too, I don't have that personal experience. Some of this information was curated by searching online and putting it together for you as well. I try to organize this list by sections to break it down a little bit easier as well. So the first section is professional expenses. So these are things like your state licenses. Working in telemedicine, I currently only have one state license, but there are several telemedicine providers out there that have several state licenses, and they could all potentially be a business expense. Your DEA fee that you have to pay, which seemingly keeps increasing As time goes on, it's pretty expensive. That can be a business expense as well. Your organization membership fees, such as your national organization. So for us PAs, it's AAPA, our state PA societies. If you are part of other subset professional organizations, you can consider that as a business expense as well, as long as you can justify it. Next is your board exam fees. So As PAs, we have to take our pants to get certified, and then to keep our certification, we have to take the PAN re as well. Certainly, these are ordinary and necessary expenses to do our job. And then also NCCPA fees. NCCPA is where we log our CMEs, and that has a fee as well. It's also the organization that we take our certification exams through. The next category is education. So a lot of people don't have physical books anymore, but 
maybe you want a really good dermatology book if you are in dermatology or primary care, urgent care, ER, or maybe you have a hard copy of the DSM if you are in psychiatry, but also electronic copies of books as long as they are ordinary and necessary for your job can be justified. Also journal subscriptions. So there are several free journals out there. I get JAPA through my AAPA membership, but maybe there are other journal articles or journals that you want to subscribe to as well. And then also under the category of education is certainly CME. So this could be things like a one-hour online CME event that you sign up for, or it might be a several-day CME conference. But CMEs are ordinary to practice medicine as well as necessary. We need to maintain a certain amount of CME credits to be able to continue to practice medicine. So the registration for a CME conference can be a business expense, but also several other items for CMEs that I have broken down under other categories as well. So the next category is transportation. So mileage can be a huge one for this. You definitely need to clarify with your tax professional what type of mileage because just general commuting doesn't always count. But if you are driving around for business purposes, then you can record mileage. There are some direct primary care or DPC providers out there, for example, that make house calls in the modern day way. That could be a good example of mileage. Or sometimes if you have a main clinic you work out of, but you have to go and round inpatient in the hospital as well, the mileage between the clinic and hospital could potentially be counted too. So verify what counts as mileage with your tax professional. Another type of transportation is flights. And flights are generally under the CME portion as well. A lot of times for CME conferences, you have to fly there if they're out of state, but you might have to drive there and could perhaps count the mileage for a business expense. Or again, if you're flying there, count the cost of the flight. Rental cars, once you are in a new town, perhaps you have a rental car, or perhaps you utilize things like Lyft or Uber to get around town. Other types of transportation might actually include your personal vehicle. And again, this is one you definitely need to run by your tax professional. But for some people, they can count their car as a business expense. Again, especially if they are driving around making house calls to see patients or clients. And then there are certain things like depreciation with your car that you'd have to run by your tax professional as well. If your car is something that you count as a business expense, you might be able to also include things like car maintenance. You might be able to include parking or tolls as well as part of your transportation. The next category that I have broken down is accommodations. So these are things like going back to a CME conference, your hotel stay for the CME conference, because even if your conference is within your state, you might have had to drive a few hours to get there. Or if you're flying out of state, you have to find a place to stay. If you don't stay at a hotel, perhaps you stay at an Airbnb or a VRBO. But those types of accommodations can generally be business expenses as long as the trip is for a business purpose. And then the next category that I have is food. So clarify with your tax professional about food, but a lot of times it's easiest to do what's called a per diem, where you have a certain amount depending upon 
your type of trip and the city and things like that. Also under the category of food can be things like the food during your business trips, such as CME conferences, can generally be counted. And it's important to keep track of the receipts as well for not only your food, but for all of these expenses. Another part of a business expense that can be deducted under food would be things like business meals or meeting up with someone for coffee, as long as you are discussing business-related items. And then the next category that I have is resources. So different types of platforms that you can look up information. So up to date, for example, because you're a business owner, you might not have access to up to date if you are wanting it in your role. Or in psychiatry, we also use NEI. And I'm sure there are plenty of other paid resources out there that could help you in your role. Another key category is software and tech. So depending upon your type of role and what you're doing and who you're working with, you might have to provide an EMR or electronic medical record type of system. You might have to also provide e-prescribing software because unfortunately there are some EMRs that it's not automatically built into. Sometimes the place that you are working with, again, especially if you're an independent contractor, might provide those things for you. But if you are a true business owner starting your business from scratch, you might have to pay the bills on these things. And then also under this category is medical billing software. Some EMRs sort of have that built in, but others you have to do the software separately as well. Other types of tech can be things like your laptop or your computer, headphones, especially if you're doing telemedicine, and then internet and cell phone bills. Again, in a telemedicine role, you very likely have to use these quite a bit. And verify with your tax professional, depending upon your situation, you might only be able to count part of it as a business expense. If you are a clinic owner, though, you very likely are paying for the internet to supply for your whole clinic or potentially hardwired phones or things like that as well. And then professional services is the next category. So as PAs, we currently need to have agreements with supervising physicians or collaborating physicians. And sometimes, depending upon your role or your type of clinic, you might have to find one yourself and compensate them yourself. Also, your tax professional fees and services can be a business expense, as well as if you meet with a lawyer. Lawyers will often help set up lots of different types of healthcare businesses or forms or things like that. Or if you are going into partnership with someone, for example, or hiring employees or things like that, you would want to have a lawyer involved as well. And then the next category that I have is insurances. So those of us who practice medicine definitely need malpractice insurance. And if you have to provide your own, that can be a business expense. Also, your medical insurance premiums can often be considered a business expense, depending again on your situation as an individual and how you and your tax professional do your taxes, but it might be able to be counted as well if you are having to pay for your own medical insurance. Many of you might have a spouse that you can hop onto their insurance with, so this might not apply to everyone. And then perhaps other types of insurances. For example, if you own a clinic and you do have employees, then perhaps you have to provide workers' comp and that might be able to be a business expense as well. 
You might have to have other types of insurance for your practice as well so you can verify with your tax professional. The next category that I want to review is advertising. So you very likely have to do some marketing for your business. Those might be things like an online platform or company that helps you with marketing, or maybe you do physical flyers or mailers that you send out to the community. There are all different types of marketing options out there. Also business cards. If you are in a specialty like I am, you might be able to send business cards to some local clinics or people around you as well. The next business expense category is your office. So furniture for the office, for example. So again, if you have a clinic, you have all sorts of types of furniture, such as chairs in the patient room, stools in the exam room, exam tables, etc. If you do telemedicine and work from home and have a home office, you very likely have a desk and a chair and perhaps other types of furniture. Office supplies is another item. So things like pens, paper, printer, ink, fax machine if you use faxes, etc. And then also if you do work from home, the portion of your home that is designated as your home office can often be counted as a business expense, but there are different rules and stipulations with that, such as that you can only do your business work from that part of your home So definitely clarify all that information with your tax professional. The next category is medical equipment. So things like a stethoscope, if you are examining patients in person, that is certainly ordinary and necessary for your role. And then other types of medical equipment, perhaps an otoscope, or if you, again, have like a med spa and you need certain fancy equipment like a laser or something like that, that very likely would be a business expense. And then other things like a medical bag, even to carry your equipment in, if you are in person and a clinic owner, you very likely would need things like gloves and masks, all sorts of other types of medical supplies as well. And then also clothing could be a category that might be able to be a business expense. So verify with your tax professional, but things like scrubs, if they're absolutely needed for your job, a lab coat as well could potentially be counted. So you can clarify those things. And then again, as a reminder, this list is not inclusive. I'm sure there are many other things that could be listed under miscellaneous. So many medical clinics, for example, actually rent office space from a larger office building or a strip mall or some type of commercial business company. So the rent could very likely be a business expense. And I am quite confident that I missed some obvious ones in this list, but probably also several not so obvious ones in this list. So I would very much like to hear from you what you think about this information. Do you feel like most of it was covered or are there certain ones that you feel like that I missed? Definitely please let me know. You can comment on the social media posts for this podcast episode on Instagram and Facebook, or you can send me an email as well to pathefiway at gmail.com. I hope that you can see and understand that having these business expenses are really a huge plus for being self-employed. And again, whether that's in your primary role or whether that is in a on-the-side role, 
And I also hope you can understand the importance of having a really good and trusted tax professional that you can have open conversations with about what types of things would qualify for business expenses for your particular situation. If you are about to make a purchase, you can ask yourself, is this ordinary and necessary for my job? And if you can answer yes to both of those, then it very likely could be a business expense for you. I would really appreciate it if you would take the time to share this episode if you found it helpful. Perhaps you are a locum tenens healthcare professional and you have other colleagues or friends that you know that are locum tenens as well. You can share this information with them because several of those roles are 1099 roles. Or perhaps you are a clinic owner and know several other clinic owners in your community that you feel like would find this information helpful as well. Feel free to share with them. Don't forget to subscribe and leave a written review on the podcast player that you are listening to this on as well. That really helps with the show and helps other listeners be able to find this information to spread the word as well. Thanks so much for taking the time to take a listen today and I'll see you back here soon. Thank you for tuning in and I hope that you decide to continue to join me along this journey of becoming a PA the FI way. Please take a moment to press the subscribe button on the platform that you are listening to this on, but more importantly, consider sharing with another current or future PA that could benefit from the information that we reviewed in this episode. Take care and have a great rest of your day. Until next time.